What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Doctrine for Dummies, where we like to discuss practical doctrine for everyday people. We believe that theology should not only be interesting, but should be easy to apply to our lives. If you are looking to dive deeper into your faith and your understanding of the gospel without being bored to death by some old guy, this is definitely the podcast for you. I am truly overjoyed that you've joined us for this episode. Now let's get pumped up for Doctrine for Dummies. Welcome back, everybody, to Doctrine for Dummies. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Mike. I am your host, as always. This is our second episode. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us again for episode two of Doctrine for Dummies. It's been fun doing this already. I just want to say, man, it has been just a joy to kind of see how this has already encouraged some people. Man, we already have on Spotify 17 followers of this podcast, which to me is crazy. I thought I'd have like one or two at this point. Uh, So do me a favor, like, share, subscribe. Please share this on social media. Super, super helpful uh, for me to be able to get kind of what I feel like God has put on my heart out there to other people, which I just think is going to be a blessing. It is my prayer for it to be a blessing to people. Um, and and so please do me a favor and share it with people for me. Uh, we're working currently on getting it on Apple Podcasts. It says on my account that it's published, uh, but I can't find it anywhere. And even when I go to the link that they gave me, it's not popping up. So I'm in the process of working with them, troubleshooting that. So it should be on Apple Podcasts soon. But let's get to our podcast for the day. Um, Last episode, we talked all about the importance of reading our Bibles and how joy comes with it. Like when we meditate on the Word day and night, when we meditate on God's Word in the morning and in the evening, and throughout the day we continue to chew on it daily, um, it brings joy to our lives. Today, I want to talk about the power you have as a Christ follower if you are truly in Christ, and and I say truly in Christ for a me for a reason. Like like, what do I mean by um, being truly in Christ? Like, I pose this question not to make you question your salvation, but to take an honest look at where you're at with God, to examine if you're truly a new creation, if you are truly a Christ follower, if you truly know Him, or if it's just something that you call yourself. Because if not, if if you are just saying that you're a Christian, yet you might not be, this quote-unquote Christian life is going to be, honestly, probably pretty frustrating. You're going to do all of the things that you're, you're supposedly supposed to do as a Christ follower, but not get to experience the goodness that comes with actually having a relationship with Jesus. And so uh, I'll, I'll just read the passage that I get that from. That's in 2 Corinthians 13, um, 5. It says, examine yourselves to see if you are if your faith is genuine, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. This is a constant thing that we ought to be doing as Christ followers is to examine ourselves, take a look at our lives, see if there is fruit in our lives. If we say we we are a Christ follower and we have to be living a certain way and we live a completely contrary life, 
we better question whether or not we really believe what we say we believe. Because having a relationship with Jesus, our Savior, who came and died and said that we ought to die to ourselves, if we are completely living a selfish life, man, we got to question whether or not we truly believe uh, the message of the gospel. Because it should change us. It should change everything about us. Uh, my main passage for us today that I want to get to is actually in Acts chapter 2. And it's in verse 24, and it's actually my favorite Bible verse in all of the Bible. And, and it's something that I've read multiple times, but it, one particular, I don't remember what day or whatever, or even what season of life I was in, but one time I read it and it was just like it jumped off the page at me. And it's been my favorite scripture ever since. And so to give you a little context, this is Acts chapter 2. This is like Pentecost. This is uh, Peter preaching. Uh, and this is the time where Peter preaches and 3000 people get saved, which for me as a youth pastor, I'm like, that would be the most wild night of my life. Like if I were to get up there and preach on a Sunday night or a month or a Sunday morning and 3000 middle school or high school students were to get saved, just absolutely insane move of God. But he says this in his sermon in Acts chapter two, verse 24, and this one's the NLT. And then I'm going to read another translation. It says, but God released him from the horrors of death, talking about Jesus, and raised him back to life. For death could not keep him in its grip. I'm going to read the NASB, the New American Standard as well. And it says this, But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. God raised Jesus up because it was impossible for him to be held down. Like God didn't just raise Jesus up to show how powerful, how mighty he was to just prove a point to the, to the Pharisees or the Sadducees or whatever it was. Like he didn't do it just to show his power. Like God didn't even just raise Jesus up to conquer sin and death. Like sure. Yeah. That's kind of the crux of the gospel. That's like the most important thing. But like he also raised him up because it was impossible for him to be held down. Think about that. Like when Christ went to the grave and he was suffering sin and before our sin and death, like it was impossible for him to be held in its power. It's never been possible for Christ to be held in the power of sin and death. And I think sometimes for us in culture and in, in what's going on in the world today, we, we look at things and we have a tendency to like look out there, like outside of our little church bubble or our church uh, like background or, or Christian friend group. And it's easy for us to think like, man, the devil's winning. Like when we look at the world, we're like all of these crazy, weird, hard, difficult terrible, evil things are going on. And we're like, man, the devil's winning. But here's the thing, guys, the battle's already been won. Like Christ didn't already conquer, like didn't only conquer sin and death on the cross already, but it's never been possible for the enemy to win. It's never been possible for Satan to win the war. So even if things like look bad on the surface, like Christ has already won that battle on the cross and God raised him up again because it was impossible for him to be held in the power of sin and death. And to me, that is the most encouraging thing. And I want to take this train of thought a little bit further. 
Go back to our idea. If you are in Christ, examine yourself. If you are a Christian, and if you are, you then have the Holy Spirit living within you, right? And look at what Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says. It says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. The same Spirit that rose Jesus from the grave lives within you if you are in Christ. Think about this. Man, if you are struggling with sin right now, like if you're hearing me say this, I mean, you're like, man, there is this one sin that's just been holding me down. Like I just can't get victory over it. Like I feel like I just can't get a grip on the decisions that I'm making. Or maybe you're in the midst of struggling with a painful situation. Maybe you just had a breakup or just like a big loss in the family. Maybe you're just dealing with worry or or doubt or depression. Man, anything, anything you're dealing with that comes from the enemy, guess what? It is impossible for you to be held in its power. Because you have the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave living within you you. I'm going to read Acts chapter 2 verse 24 again. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible, not possible, for him to be held in its power. And that same power, listen to me, lives within you. And guess what? The enemy will do everything in his power to make you doubt that he will do everything in his power to sow seeds of doubt in your heart and in your mind from what you know to be true about scripture and this is where i go back to where we talked about in my last episode that's why we meditate on the word of god day and night so when the enemy does come in and sow seeds of doubt man we know god's word we know his promises are true we can quote scripture we can be like no devil that is not true You see, if you are in Christ Jesus, it is impossible for you to be held in the power of sin and death because you have the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave living within you. And like I was saying, the enemy is going to do everything to try and convince you that that's not true. By getting you to maybe just focus on the struggles in your life too much. To get you to start complaining about it to your friends. Or maybe making you feel shameful about the the sinful nature of yourself. Like the mistakes that you just keep on making. and, And making you feel shameful. And like God could never love you because of all of these things that you've done. But no, death and sin have no power over you if you are in Christ. That battle has already been won. It's impossible for you to be held in its power. So if I'm being honest, it's like tell the enemy to back up. Like I think sometimes we get worried to like do that. We're like, oh, it's this it's this like battle between co-equals or like like powers that are equal, like God and the enemy and like that they're they're somehow on an even playing field and like they're battling back and forth. No, it's impossible for the enemy to win. 
So when he tries to fill your mind with shame, when he tries to fill your mind with anxious thoughts about the situations that are are coming up in life or the things that are going on right now or making you feel feel lesser than or, or whatever it is, it is impossible for the enemy to win. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So tell the enemy to back up. The battle's been won. Whatever you're wrestling with, it's done. It's taken care of. It's paid for on the cross. And it is impossible for you to be held in its power. I hope, I hope, I hope, and I pray that this has been an encouragement to you. My prayer is that maybe if it's just one listener that's been wrestling with the same thing over and over and over again, you can finally just tell the enemy to go away because you know that he has no power over you anymore. I want to challenge you this week, and I know I... I challenge you guys to just read your Bible, just to really start doing that. What I want to challenge you with this week is is in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of possibly the trial that you're you're going through, I want to challenge you to tell the enemy to back up. Like when you're in the midst of of fighting off that temptation or or dealing with those anxious thoughts, like tell the enemy to back up. Quote this scripture to him. He's got no power over you and tell him to get behind you because the battle's already been won. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and you have power over sin and death because of that. I hope this has been an encouragement to you. Thank you so much again for joining us for Doctrine for Dummies. Make sure you like, you subscribe, and please do me a favor. Share this on your social media. Tag me, uh, Doctrine for Dummies, and I would love to keep on doing this for you guys. Until next time, I'm out. I love you. Later. Later.